Welcome back. I'm Gary Parr, Editorial Director, Efficient Plant Magazine. And this time I'm with Joe Ellistad, Director of Customer Relations and Sales Support at Right Height in Milwaukee. And that's righthight.com, R-I-T-E-H-I-T-E.com. And Joe leads the Customer Experience Center at the newly built World Headquarters for Right Height and uh, material handling industry for 11 years. There we go. A little experience there, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today, Joe interacts daily with material handling industry professionals, keeping his finger on the pulse of the latest trends, solution needs, and customer insights. Joe, welcome. Thank you for having me, Gary. Uh, yes, this is an interesting topic. So, our, our, yeah, our topic today is is loading docks and loading dock safety and what's needed and what isn't. It to start out, Joe, it fascinates me. We've been backing up tractor trailers to loading docks for an awful long time, and I'm sure by the thousands a day. Yet we still have safety issues. What what, what do we deal with on a daily basis in terms of loading dock safety? And then, in addition to that, would you compare uh, OSHA requirements to what really is needed in in uh, today's uh, warehouse and material handling industry? When a trailer backs up to a building, we have a few things that we can do and consider uh, for making sure that uh, when we do any kind of material transfer from loading dock inside the building over the bridge or or what we call a loading dock leveler into a trailer or any kind of transportation of goods, we find that there are some issues when it comes to the bare minimum of uh, the OSHA requirement, if you will, for uh, making sure that that trailer or, or transportation is secured to the building. Back in 1978, OSHA put a requirement out there that the, the use of wheel chocks uh, to secure trucks or trailers to a loading dock. And um, we found that actually there was some issues even putting just the wheel chocks in there. Um, and what we found was if you look at a, a trailer wheel alone, uh, the geometry alone, compared to a wheel chalk, uh, and, and for those that may not know what a wheel chalk is, it's, it's something you put in front of that wheel so that it, it can't roll. You know, a lot of people will use it, uh, at least here in Wisconsin, we'll use it for our campers in our boats in the driveway so that the, the, uh, <laughs> the boat or the, or the camper can't roll off back into the, uh, into the street. But if you look at a typical trailer wheel, a uh, semi-trailer wheel, you're looking at anywhere uh, up to about 40 inches diameter. And the geometry alone on that uh, versus a, 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 a wheel chalk, with, which is typically no higher than uh, a, maybe even a foot, 10 inches to a foot uh, high, geometry alone, uh, that, that trailer wheel, um, if, if that trailer wheel or that trailer challenges that wheel chalk, the we I typically say to our customers that 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 trailer wheel is going to win 10 out of 10 times. Um, mm -hmm. You may have a speed bump effect. You may have a skidding effect. Uh, but if that trailer or that truck driver is not paying attention and he wants to take off, uh, he will. You know, we, we we just from the geometry alone of that wheel, how big those wheels are, those those. The wheel chocks in my, in my mind and in, in our eyes here at right height is, is those are good for, uh, smaller wheels or again, those, those campers and the, and the, and the fishing boats out in the driveway, right. making sure right. that it's, it's not going anywhere. So 
you know, that, and it's been a, like I said, it's been a, an OSHA requirement since 1978. Um, but we're still seeing, you know, reported accidents, uh, all the time when it comes to the forklifts, you know, per year, it's around 110,000 forklift related accidents. Um, and 7% of those are actually the forklifts that are uh, running off the edge of the dock. Now, running off the edge of the dock could mean a lot of things. That could be, you know, a new a new uh, forklift driver that's hitting the gas instead of the brake. You might have a Y turn that they're, they're um, maybe not used to. It's a new facility or it's a new employee to a facility where they're doing that. But it's a lot of times is when a trailer is at the loading dock and it's not uh, fully secure at the loading dock, meaning you, you put a wheel chalk or if they do, hopefully they do at least because that is the OSHA requirement. But if they don't or they just put a wheel chalk in there, uh, we do see some things like as you're loading and unloading or I should say loading that trailer, you're going to see some uh, what we call trailer creep. That trailer slowly getting away from the loading dock uh, when you're loading heavy goods into that trailer. We might see, again, with a wheel chalk, you don't have a red and green light physical light communication system. You just, um, we don't have that when we put a manual wheel lock or a, a manual uh, wheel chalk in there. We want to make sure that the, the, the truck driver doesn't go anywhere. Well, if he doesn't feel anything in, in his uh, trailer, his or her trailer, uh, he or she might think that the loading or unloading is complete and they may take off too soon, which is called early departure. You may have some heavy loads put into the nose of the trailer. If we take that truck off of the trailer, you might have what's called pop-up upending. So there's a lot. And then not to mention, you know, we put landing gear down. If we take that truck off the trailer and we have a set trailer there sitting there, we, we may have a rusted out landing gear. Uh, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we get a lot of snow during that winter months and we put a lot of salt down on our roads. If you put salt down and then you have the salt mixing in with metal, the metal will rust. And, and um, that's no different when it comes to landing gear on some of these manufactured trailers, which, again, these trailers could be manufactured many years ago and um, they just get a little bit old, a little bit rusted out. And when the landing gear fails, then we have, again, that that pop-up upending or that vertical movement of the trailer away from the building. Um, and so a lot of those accidents that are caused uh, with forklifts are at the loading dock, and they're caused a lot of times when we've got a trailer falsely secured to the building. So um, that's that's what we're seeing a lot, and, and there's still today people that are just uh, meeting that minimal OSHA requirement, which is – uh, which is what they're doing, and, and they're just kind of used to it. But we've got plenty of things, uh, especially here at Wright Height, that we um, have done since that OSHA requirement came out of the of the wheel chalk. Yeah, that was that was the other thing you mentioned about uh, trailer age. I got to believe that in any given day, if there's heavy truck traffic to a loading dock, that the range of trailers and and quality and structural integrity has to be all the way from rust bucket to brand new. Correct. And, and and we see it not only from age of use, but age period. You know, there's still trucks out there um, today, very fewer and fewer every year, but there's still trucks out there that have the old, um, what we call the Interstate Commerce Commission bar that was put into effect uh, in the uh, early 70s that that had to stop a, a an automobile from getting underneath that trailer in, in case of a sudden stop or a slowdown uh, to prevent that automobile from getting stuck underneath that trailer. 
We're seeing fewer and fewer of those because then in 1998, NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, had put into effect uh, to manufacture what we call a rig bar on the tail end of that trailer to stop automobiles from getting underneath that trailer. Um, and they really just took it over from the Interstate Commerce Commission. And, and, and instead of just putting some kind of bar in there, they put a lot more specs into it. Uh, making it a little bit more beef, beefy, if you will, a little bit uh, bigger with a four by four profile, making sure it can take a, a certain amount of impact, uh, making sure that it's, it's lower to the ground so that we can cover all those different types of, um, possible issues with, with automobiles getting underneath those, those trailers. But again, not to mention, um, those ICC bar trailers that were pre 1998 to the post 1998 manufactured, uh, trailers. It, I mean, that's 1998. That's, I'm not a math major, but that's, that's a pretty long time ago now. And, and, uh, and, you know, we're starting to see it more and more where, where these, the components of the, of the trailer, not the trailer itself, where most people see it on the highway, but the components themselves, the underhoods, if you will, uh, underneath the trailers are really rusted out and people don't realize that until it's too late. Um, and, and so that's where a lot of our different, um, products here at Right Height can help and, and have that discussion. Not only our products, but our, our sales reps and our, our distribution teams out there can have that conversation and do surveys with their customers to go through the fleet of their, of their trailers at their loading decks. Cause a lot of times, um, customers might see that, you know, that's just a trailer. They only see the inside of the building and then inside the trailer. And, and, um, that's where our sales reps come in. Uh, right Heights exclusive sales reps can go out and, uh, and survey not only the loading docks, but they can also survey the trailers that are coming back to the loading docks. That hits on, on another thing that's in my mind is, is as these drivers and, and loading dock personnel deal with tractor trailers day in and day out, uh, I, I have a sense that they forget that they're massive heavy, uh, pieces of equipment. And, and, and they need to be monitored and maintained so that, uh, that there's safety. And I'm, I'm sure all the regulations are in place and people follow them, but we're all humans and, uh, I'm sure things get overlooked all the time and, and, uh, people like, like Right Height, you have to guard against that with your equipment. Correct. And we do, um, with our equipment as well, you know, we do plan maintenance programs. We make sure that our, Expert trained technicians are out there keeping an eye on our products and making sure that the proper products uh, that we're using, whether it be vehicle restraints, whether it be dock levelers, sectional doors, high speed doors, fans, that that stuff is all up to date and with, you know, certain checklists of our plan maintenance programs. Um, so that's, that's a whole other entity that we talk about when it comes to our products. That's just as important as, as the product itself. If I'm involved, if I start working with you guys and with your system, then I'm getting not just equipment at the loading dock, but a, a full support structure behind that to make sure that, that my overall system is safe and that when those trailers back up, that, uh, that the people are safe and we're not going to have, <laughs> I can't even imagine a fork truck going off a, a dock, but, uh, I'm sure it happens. Yeah, you know, it, it, we do. It's a, it, we, um, everything from, from the start of a, a handshake of, of our sales rep walking into a customer facility to having a discussion of what's going on at their loading dock. Uh, everything that we do 
from a uh, survey uh, process to a quoting process. It's all free. There's no cost to the customer for us to do that. And then once we do decide on, on what product is correct, then we are able to uh, have our installers install our product who are expert, expertly trained on installing our product. Then once the uh, product is installed, we typically want the sales rep to then get with the customers in the, in the loading dock team, if you will, or the maintenance team or whoever it is that's uh, working around our product to be able to go out and train them as far as the how the process goes uh, from when a trailer backs up and then how do we want to use the, the process in our loading dock, right? So typically we say we want to make sure that when the trailer backs up, we want to lock in that vehicle restraint, whether it be a rotating hook vehicle restraint or a stabilizing trailer restraint or a global wheel chalk that we have that ties light communication in with a wheel chalk that we can put out there or just other wheel-based restraints that we have, right? So we want to lock that dock lock or lock that vehicle restraint up, making sure that that trailer is secured to the building. Then we want to uh, open the dock door, whether it be manually or uh, or if it's tied into our documenter control box, which has all uh, controls ready to go in one single control box where we can interlock everything. We hit the open door button, door opens up, we get the leveler in place, the dock leveler. Uh, we, we raise that up, whether it be mechanically, uh, pneumatically, or hydraulically. We lift that up, kick the lip out, the dock leveler lip, put that into the trailer bed. And then we have a safe and secure loading and unloading situation. So we make sure that our, our customers are trained on that so that they know the process, the, the correct process and what buttons to push and, and when they should push them. Um, and then also from a reverse side, right? At the end of the loading or unloading is complete. Uh, we put the leveler stored into or back into its stored position. And then we bring the, the dock door down if we've got any barrier systems around there. Uh, like we have as the dock guardian for the, the loading dock barrier system, we put that in place. We unlock the dock lock and then we, uh, or the vehicle restraint that we have. And then the uh, trailer is safely able to, to pull out without anyone in that trailer or around that loading dock. And we now have a safe loading and unloading situation. So again, our sales reps will go out. They'll do that training with our, our uh, customers um, if that's what they want. If they're used to using our products, maybe we don't need to do that training. But again, we do follow up as, as our reps do. They'll follow up. And then we also refer to them a, a, a plan maintenance program through our sales rep distribution, right? So that we have our service technicians going out there on a quarterly, either it could be monthly, it could be quarterly, it could be uh, biannually, it could be annually to go out there and take a look at this stuff and make sure that we have it, products cleaned, you know, properly lubricated, make sure everything is working properly um, and noting, documenting anything that we need to uh, to get changed out, whether it be parts uh, or whether it be something that might be past its useful life that we say, listen, uh, we could repair this, but the right solution would be to replace it with a certain product that we could provide. We just did a, a published a case history that you folks provided for us describing your systems at, at, at a facility. And one of the things that intrigued me was how you handle the uh, back and forth of the fork trucks from trailer to dock. And the human factor there of getting jolted up and down as you uh, as you roll over into the trailer and come back. 
that's uh, uh talk about that a little bit what what do you have there that it seems to because I, I can imagine that uh, without something it, it's a tremendous jolt every time and after a while it gets really fatiguing yeah what we what we found that uh, as the years went on with the trailer industry is that we went from a, a shock system to a an air air ride equipped system so a lot of these and if not all trailers out there have air ride suspension on them and, and with the air ride suspension of trailers and coming from a facility floor which is a rigid concrete floor over a a semi-rigid steel plate of a loading dock leveler into a trailer uh, with um, air ride suspension you're going to have especially if that forklift is thousands of pounds and then product itself is another so many thousands of pounds you're going into this trailer and you're going to get a a bouncing effect or a dropping effect when going into the trailer you could get a drop of anywhere from six inches to 10 inches to 12 inches of drop going into the trailer, depending on the size of the forklift and the size of the product. So going into that trailer, you get that drop. And it's not so much going into the trailer that's the problem for forklift drivers having what we call dock shock, where you're um, at the end of the day, the back, the neck, you know, the knees, the ankles, the, the everything is kind of hurting at the end of the day for our forklift drivers. It's not so much going into the trailer, but it is coming out where they're coming out of that trailer again, six to 10 inches below where they actually started from and coming backing up into that, that dock leveler, uh, that rigid dock leveler that you're going to get this speed bump effect. Yeah. And so we did what we've done for a lot of our uh, customers and especially those in the, um, large roll of, of paper, uh, industries the heavy uh, metal industries, anything with heavy, heavy product. I mean, AGVs, autonomous guided vehicles or laser guided vehicles, uh, facilities are now going to that from a loading and unloading process. Anything with heavy equipment going over that bridge, I call it, that loading dock leveler, uh, we can now have not a, a vehicle restraint that not only restrains the trailer to the building, like I talked about before, securely, but also restraining that up and down movement, which is caused by that heavy forklift and product going in and out of that air ride equipped 53 foot over the road trailer, right? So now we're, mm -hmm. we're using what's called a stabilizing trailer restraint, um, using hydraulic cylinders and a platform that when the trailer backs up, it backs up just like any other uh, vehicle restraint that we have to have some kind of nose extension that it comes in contact with, the, the, the rig bar comes in contact with. Um, and then once it's parked we, or, or, or set at the loading dock, we can restrain that trailer, igniting the uh, or, or putting uh, in active in an active mode the hydraulic cylinders so that we put pressure on the platform of this stabilizing trailer restraint. And now what we've done is, again, not just restrain that trailer to the building, but we've restrained that movement of 6 to 10 to 12 inches of drop or, or bump going into the trailer, but now we've reduced it to about 2 inches or so. Again, not being completely rigid. We don't want to have that complete rigidity because, you know, at some point, if you make it too rigid, you're going to have some kind of breakage somewhere. So we want to have some give still, but using our stabilizing trailer restraint, we've really restrained, again, that what we call that dock shock or that shock wave to the body, the neck, the back, 
issues uh, for, for forklift drivers. And, and um, like I said, it's it's a very good product for us, especially in the specific industries of, of heavy products where we've yeah. got the heavy metals, the, the big paper rolls and like industries uh, for that product. When we look at, at these things, obviously safety is, is the top priority. We, we, we don't want accidents at the loading dock. But when, when you talk about how you handle a trailer and connect to it and make it possible for the forklift to go in without doing a speed bump on every trip, there must be some efficiency gains for uh, loading and unloading. And then I would think also a comfort level in terms of weather for uh, with with some of these systems. Yeah, I'm, when we talk, going back to the the requirement, the OSHA requirement in 1978 of, of a wheel chalk at the loading dock, one thing that you need for those wheel chalks to be placed or to be put uh, by the tire is a human to go out to the drive approach. The drive approach is that area, the parking lot area where the where the trailer backs up to the loading dock. You have to have some kind of human going uh, or, or personnel going down and putting manually putting these wheel chocks in place and then going back into the facility to then do the next steps, which would be, again, raising that dock door and then placing the dock leveler into the trailer. From a productivity standpoint, if we have, instead of doing that wheel chalk and doing an uh, almost a semi-automated system where we've got a a dock locker, a vehicle restraint on the wall with a control box inside the building where we can simply see that that trailer is backed up and now we can go to that control box and hit the lock button um, and now we've got a safe and secure, not only a safe and secure uh, trailer over the wheel chalk, uh, r- rather than the wheel chalk, I should say, but we also have, we've cut down on the productivity side of being able to be inside the building instead of having to walk out to that drive approach every single truck every single time to chalk the wheels and then come back into the building. Uh, we have that automated system, if you will, or semi-automated system where we can easily press a button, get green light, not to mention, I didn't even mention the light communication that comes along with this, where we've got a red and green light on the outside of the wall to notify to that truck driver, the truck trailer driver, that uh, when that uh, light turns red, meaning that the uh, vehicle restraint is locked in place, they are not to go anywhere. On the flip side, on the inside, you get that light communication system saying, green light, you are safe to go in and out of that trailer. Um, so from a productivity side and a safety side, that, that vehicle restraint only makes sense to be able to have that push button, saving you seconds, if not minutes, each dock or each trailer backing up to the uh, the dock and some of these some of the customers we deal with you know they may have one or two docks or they might have one to two hundred docks um, and there's all widespread and when you talk about seconds um, of of time saved you know when we talk about the one to two docks that may not look very big but when we talk about the 100 to 200 dock customers those seconds uh, really start to add up on a day-to-day, a week-to-week, a month-to-month basis, and um, productivity can just go that much quicker uh, at the material transfer zone and the and the loading dock itself. Yeah, you can see how the the, the seconds and minutes would add up, and those are are minutes that uh, a product is not in a warehouse or in a building, and they're also minutes that a truck is not rolling down the road 
getting to the next stop, and uh, that's all money. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now it sounds to me like these systems. Uh, one of the functions they have is that they minimize driver input, uh, inform the driver, keep the driver informed, but but minimize input in terms of uh, not like you said, not having a driver pull away when he shouldn't. Correct. Yeah. So when that that um, dock or the the vehicle restraint is locked in place, uh, we give communication to that that driver on the outside of the building with our with our dock locks or with our vehicle restraints. You will have a red and green light um, when we lock that trailer into place. When we hit that lock, whether it be a stabilizing trailer restraint, whether it be a vehicle restraint with a rotating hook or our wheelbase restraints that have a electrical tie-in to a control box, you will get green light on the inside of the building and you will get red light on the outside of the building. The other thing with our control boxes is that you will get, most of our control boxes will have a notification of what's going on on the lights on the outside of the building as well. So it's that full-time communication that you're getting with uh, with a, a vehicle restraint that is tied electrically into a control box that we don't have when we talk about our manual wheel chocks or or right. the 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 minimal OSHA requirement. Joe, thank you. Wow, whole whole lot more to backing a trailer up to a dock than I than I uh, originally thought. It's a fascinating little world, and and of course a key area for safety in any plant. Right, right, and and you know, um, for for customers out there too, um, it's all it's all well and good when we we talk about it, but when we um, are able to show our customers and, and show what not only the industry is doing, but show what Right Height is doing, we're more than welcoming to anyone that um, that wants to come and visit us here at Right Height. We just moved into a, a great downtown building with all the resources to be able to show our product in a real life setting, a real life facility, and be able to really see, touch, feel, push buttons and everything. So if um, your listeners, if anyone's, um, if anyone has any inkling or, or any uh, opportunity to be able to either see us uh, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we urge them to uh, get with their sales rep, their, their local uh, right height dealer, and maybe plan what we call a customer experience here. Come and see me. Come and see my team uh, to be able to go through our uh, our live dock and our customer experience center. Uh, and if if that doesn't work, we also have a virtual program that we're doing um, that if we need to dive into a product where it's uh, maybe talking about vehicle restraints or talking about our, our dock levelers or our high-speed doors, we're more than happy to uh, provide a virtual version of that as well. All right, excellent. Joe Ellistad, Right Height. It's at righthight, R-I-T-E-H-I-T-E dot com. Uh, thanks for the insights, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you, Gary.